from veg to flowers and all things in between. The best gardening advice online from World Radio Gardening. Ken's top gardening tips will help you get your blossoms beautiful this season. So composting is a fascinating subject that we take very seriously here at World Radio Gardening. And we're going to talk some more with Martin Richards about composting and the sorts of items and products that are available to help you to develop how you recycle some of your green waste as well as your food waste. And the products that they have on sale can help you do that. So Agriton is the company that Martin works for. And Martin joins me now. So Martin, just tell us a bit about green waste in our gardens. Some councils are starting to charge for collection of green waste now. So it's actually something that's becoming a bit of a live topic, an issue for the average gardener. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah, the the problem most uh, most people talk to me about with when it comes to, to waste is that we're classing something as a waste because we don't know what to do with it. And, and as, as humans, we find it very difficult because in nature, there isn't any waste at all. So green waste uh, generally is something that's normally stuck in a corner. Um, but if you are proactive, it can become a massive, a massive resource to your garden. And it makes me laugh sometimes because I see these gardeners bringing in all these amendments uh, to, to try and, you know, enhance their soils and et cetera. But actually, most of it can be done at home with a really good green mulch or a composter system. So green mulches, just describe what a green mulch is. Yeah, so green mulch is slightly different to compost um, because you're using it as a system to be able to create a, a blanket, really, for the soil. Um, so underneath uh, the green mulch itself, you've got an anaerobic system. So that helps with the soil food web. So things like nematodes and, uh, uh, and earthworms and becomes a, so- uh, a food source for, for them. Uh, also, the green mulch thing gives it uh, gives some kind of cover for the, the soil. So actually bare soil is probably the worst thing you can do in any garden. And having something to protect the soil from not just from the sun, but from uh, any kind of element, um, but also helps with water retention as well. Um, so with composting, you're relying on heat and water uh, and microbes to do the work. And sometimes we forget that actually the microbes are doing all the work. They're the ones that do all the work to, for, for decomposition. But actually what you're trying to do with green mulch is you're trying to retain those nutrients, retain that uh, that organic content so that the soil can actually then use it in the future for issues with things like uh, water retention or nutrients when it's needed. Now, you mentioned there that, you know, bare soil is one of the worst things you can do in a garden. You can grow cover crops, can't you? But this is an alternative, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, and I think what people find with cover crops is sometimes it's very difficult to distinguish when they're first started to grow. Is it a weed or is it actually uh, a cover crop that I've, I've planted? And I know from personal experience, uh, unfortunately, I have a, a big issue at the moment um, with Japanese knotweed. Um, and it was my fault, completely my fault. I I, I pulled some soil in from, from a, a neighbouring field um, and I've now infected my soil with, with this Japanese knotweed. Um, actually, the great thing about uh, what we're going to be talking about, the Bikashi system, is that we can kill that. So actually, I can put it back into my system and, and then reutilize it. But this is the problem you have with cover crops generally is it's very hard to sometimes distinguish before it grows and then becomes a big issue with root structures um, to actually then harm the plants. And, you know, as we know, Japanese knotweed is is uh, one of the many of uh, the weeds that cause a lot of issues in gardens. 
So you mentioned bakashi there. It's a Japanese term. So tell us a bit about what that involves and how it can be used for green garden waste. Yeah, so uh, the composter system that we use with, with Bakashi is slightly different to to the, the the usual way of doing composting, and uh, you know we we've all been in that scenario where we've 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 tried to do the right thing. Um, so we've uh, bought ourselves a little uh, I call them Daleks. Um, they are the black kind of canisters with a lid on the top. Um, we see a lot, unfortunately, down the tip because people don't use them right, and then they become uh, useless. And uh, the problem is with composting. Um, actually, composting generally is not a is not a complicated system. Um, and just to to make all the listeners aware, um, you can do it really simply at home by just uh, having a source of browns, so carbon. Um, so that could be leaf or uh, can be uh, wood chip, etc. And some greens. And greens are quite easy because most of us have lawns um, to be able to, uh, to to get the greens into that system. Um, but we talk about a carbon to nitrogen ratio. So in Hang on a second. Word... Sorry. You just said about Sorry. putting grass cuttings in there into a composting, didn't you? I did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some people would say don't put grass cuttings in, don't they? Yeah. So the problem you have, and uh, actually it's a, a valid point, we're thinking now of what that smells like if you just leave it as it is. So uh, uh, grass is very high in nitrogen. Um, and what happens with the microbes in that process is that they'll start heating up and trying to create food sources. So, you know, we've all been in that scenario where we've we've created a, a pile in, in the corner. And then within a couple of hours, we've put a hand in it and you can start to feel the heat. And that is a chemical process through the microbes and the, uh, the nitrogen. And it's creating heat. The problem is with microbes, uh, microbes are doing all the work and when they run out of food sources, um, then they die. And the smell that we normally smell with with with, uh, with grass is actually putrefaction. So that sludgy kind of smell that you you get in the bottom of the garden. And this is what unfortunately what happens with most compost heaps is that they, they just get left. Um, that's what happens in that process. So sorry, I interrupted you, Martin. So you you're trying to avoid that putrefaction and you do that by airing the grass cuttings and turning it, do you? Yeah. So what you're relying on with composting is air and water. Um, so the microbes that are going to do the process for you, they don't have legs. So they need some way of transferring themselves around that, that, that heap. Um, so with a composting system, you're using air aeration, aerobic, um, to be able to create the decomposition process. So making your hundred tons become, 40 or 50 tons in, in size. And what happens with the air and water is the microbes will then start to break down uh, that composition um, and then create what we have as compost. So, you know, as a rule of thumb, the best thing you can do is invest in a corkscrew. Um, there's loads of manufacturers out there that do corkscrews and uh, keep turning your compost heap um, and then creating uh, the water to let the microbes move around and make a, make sure you keep a temperature uh, a kind of around the 60 to 70 degrees, um, and that will then create that composting system. But uh, this is where the problem comes around. That takes manpower or woman power. Um, so actually, you know, in respects to, to that process, what normally happens is you go away for a week, you forget about it, and then it becomes putrefaction. And this is the great thing about the cashy as a system, is that you still have to use greens and browns. So you still have to layer the greens and browns, um, but you don't have to turn it. Um, so there's no heat involved in the process, but also 
Um, it can be an advantage, but it also could be a disadvantage. A hundred tons worth of content will equal a hundred tons the other side. And Agriton have a system for Bakashi. So tell us about the product that you have available for green waste. Yeah, so we sell a product called Actifirm. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, to use those microbes um, if for, uh, for a, a good purpose. So if we take our, our example of our uh, grass cuttings, that putrefaction is because the bad bacteria has outweighed the good bacteria. And it's very similar to your own gut. If you then can create a good bacteria microbiome, um, if you can do that in your compost heap, uh, then obviously you can control what's going on in that process. So uh, the system itself, uh, Bakashi needs carbon and nitrogen, so it still needs the greens and browns. Um, but uh, there's no, uh, we recommend a 20 to 1 carbon to nitrogen ratio. So that is a lot um, uh, in respects to uh, kind of, uh, you know, carbon to nitrogen, carbon 20 to 1 nitrogen. If you put it into kind of bucket terms, that's 20 buckets of of wood chip or some kind of leaves, et cetera, to one bucket of, of nitrogen. We all know that that's not the case in, 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 in our gardens because we just have generally more green stuff and normally when we're doing composting we obviously have more greens than we do browns um so as a top tip you know try to think about it from a, a seasonal point of view in the autumn time try and store some carbon some leaves and etc so that you can use it later make sure that they're dry um so they don't get putrefaction and they obviously don't have that smell to them and you can use them then later in the summer but the great thing is with bakashi is that you don't need to worry so much about that um, because you can actually Bakashi just green uh, green waste on its own without any browns at all. Um, so actually, as a system, uh, to get the kind of what people expect in respect to compost, that brown stuff that you see at the end, then yes, you would need uh, carbon and nitrogen to do that. Um, but you can just do uh, uh, grass clippings on its own. Now, you have to use some products, um, so you do have to add some amendments to it. So we have two products that you need to add. One is a, um, is a gear. Uh, that is actually a byproduct from the food industry. It's seashell grit. Um, so it's a really good pH buffer. Um, and actually for soil, it's really good to, 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 uh, to kind of balance out your pH. But it's what we call slow release. Now, lime, which is one of the key components of uh, seashell, is normally used in in the agricultural industry to to adjust uh, the uh, the the soil pH very quickly. The problem is with lime. Lime is antibacterial. Now, let's think about the process of composting. Bacteria is doing all the work. So, if we kill the bacteria, then it doesn't work. So we use seashell grit to manage that pH because we've got all sorts of different things going in. We could have grass, we could have, you know, wood chippings, we could have bits of stick, um, you know, you name it, it will go into this into this compost heap. So it just gives it a way to be able to regulate it. You then have to add moisture. So we recommend to do between 40 and 60% moisture. Uh, rule of thumb is you pick up a, a, um, an amount of your compost and is, uh, I use a sponge test as, as a kind of an, a, an idea. And it's really uh, good for uh, just generally composting. If you feel it's wet and it's not dripping through your hands, that's the kind of amount of water that you need to, to have in, in your pile at all times. Now with uh, normal composting, you would uh, have um, obviously carbon dioxide and heat. So you would have to add that water all the time. With Bakashi, because you're not turning it or moving it, it will retain that, that water content. 
And then what you're going to do is you're going to add ActiFirm, which is the good bacteria, into that water system. So have a watering can. Um, to put it into context, uh, two litres of ActiFirm will treat one tonne of organic matter. Then once you've got that that substrate, that, that matter, you can start then spreading it on your garden, can't you? Yeah, so we, we need to let it mature. Um, so the... Uh, uh, I mean, I personally use uh, the, the Daleks of themselves. So um, I'm layering up very similar to what we do with food waste. So we're going to do greens and browns as much as I can do. Um, and then I put a, a layer of a sprinkle of a gear on the top. And then I then wet it with my active firm and my, my water. And then I just pile it up until it's completely full. Make sure it's squished. So make sure it's pushed down to create that anaerobic system, which is what we need. Um, I always recommend to put it onto bare soil so that the soil food web could do some work of it at the bottom as well to, to kind of uh, convert it into to soil for you. Um, and then you're just going to cover it. Um, so I just put a bit of carpet on the top um, just to cover it over in the Dalek. Uh, and then you leave it for um, anything between eight and 12 weeks. What does take the time? And, you know, some people uh, will say to me, well, it, it didn't do it in eight weeks. If you've got small um, uh, small bits, so small surface area, it will react a lot better. So if you are serious about kind of using your inputs to to create a, a good output and make your own compost, I'd highly recommend to, to invest in a chipper um, to do your own wood chip. Or another top tip, which is what I personally use, I've got an old um, petrol lawnmower, which, is, uh, which has been upgraded. And I use that and I literally make a pile and I stick it on the top and just give it a good uh, chunk over with the old petrol mower to, to make it smaller. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to buy you know, hundreds of pounds worth of chippers. That's a nice, easy way. But remember, the cashew is very similar to sauerkraut. So what you put in equals what you put out. So the smaller you can make it, then the more surface area, the more decomposition, so the softer that becomes. But then when you spread it onto your soil, um it's more of a, a cosmetics thing it, it will look a lot nicer in that process you do a domestic version don't you for bakashi and you also have like a, a larger system that you use for small holdings and perhaps small businesses and farms as well don't you yeah so the great thing with bakashi uh, for green mulch is it can be scaled up to, to to massive sizes so in the netherlands we uh we treat roadside um uh clippings so the councils of provinces over there use bakashi as a system so the, i mean the, the, i think the key thing is why would you do bakashi and i think it's something that we kind of need to to, uh, to to emphasize you know gardeners always think about you know bringing in nitrogen, potassium and phosphorus, NPK, into kind of composting. They bring in uh, foliar fertilizers, et cetera, even in, in a domestic kind of environment. But actually, if you can control your own microbiome in your own soil, then actually it creates its own natural defenses. And in practice, then nature can do its own work. So you won't get so much disease in, 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 in the soil, which means you won't get so much disease in your plants. So the councils in uh, in the Netherlands are now doing, you know, 100 tonnes at a time in the same process. But what they're doing is they're doing a thing called a windrow. So they're, they're literally starting from one side and making a big worm um, and then they can process a large amount. Now, I said I did mine in a Dalek. You don't even need a Dalek. All you need is a tarpaulin uh, or something to cover over the top uh, and you can make a smaller or bigger pile as you like. Yeah. And by Dalek, we mean one of those plastic compost bins, don't we? <laughs> We do, yes, yes. <laughs> it's a fascinating subject and a really kind of interesting thing. 
And it's part of that almost circular economy within your own garden, isn't it? You know, trying to work out how you can reuse things sensibly within your garden. Because a lot of people, I have friends, you know, who think, well, I'll just get the council to take that away or I'll get the go down the dump and, and dump it. And it's it's actually, you've got a lot of good quality stuff there that you can use. And you mentioned leaves particularly. Another great tip is putting some leaves in autumn in a black, bin liner and leaving them to compost down and then they're almost ready aren't they and this is the thing is that uh, so a lot of people say to me well you know i've been composting for years it doesn't cost me any money and you know uh, it takes a lot of labor and um it, the way that we see it as a company um you know and kind of you know just reading out what you know a statement that we make as, as a company is sometimes difficult to get the right combination for natural cycles to do their thing you know we have to be involved in it um adding a product sounds like a uh counterintuitive uh thing to add more greenhouse production because obviously we're creating you know greenhouse gases when we're producing the product but to to move forward um sometimes we just need to give them uh, give nature a helping hand and the importance is for understanding the key is the end goal so if you're in a garden where you've got lots of green waste and you're trying to make it uh, make that green waste smaller then composting aerobic is is definitely the way um but you know we need to think about our human input into into soil generally because you know we know that droughts are going to happen um and you know there's going to be hose pipe bands, bands etc so if we can retain those nutrients in that process and retain that carbon, then Bakashi can help with that process. Um, but you know, we we have to we have to think about it as an input um in respects to to monetary value as well. So, you know, a, a small input through in respects to price. So um, you know, active firm, you know, the more you buy from us, then the cheaper it gets. But you know, 20 liters, remember two liters will do one ton. So we're talking 20 tons of of, of organic content. You, you're looking at sort of 50 pounds to buy that um and the gear you're looking at sort of 25 pounds so 75 pounds there to get 20 tons of good quality compost you know you wouldn't be looking at that kind of price and unfortunately most of the green waste that you buy from councils generally has lots of microplastics in it um and um the problem is with heat heat needs energy um, so if you're then heating up your compost to to make it into compost, you're losing the energy that you would normally um, use as as energy for the soil. And I use um, I use milk as an example. If you take milk and yogurt, um, they're the same same product. You know, they're they're both milk orientated. Um, if you take 100 ml of milk and 100 ml of yogurt, what people forget is that they're the same product, but actually yogurt has more calories. Now, all that's happened in that process is the microbes in, in that reaction has created yogurt. That's how yogurt's produced. But if you think about it from a source point of view, that energy is what's needed to grow things. And the more energy we can put into the soil, i.e. carbon, the more that we can retain in the future. And you mentioned the growing problem with microplastics there. They're getting all over the place in soil, which is a, a really interesting environmental issue that's sort of coming to the fore in, in recent years. Um, yeah, it, it seems crazy, but people are allowed to have a certain amount of plastic within green compost, aren't they? Yeah, and and uh, to to give councils the benefit of the doubt, it's not their fault. Um, unfortunately, responsibility comes down to people putting stuff in the bins. So actually, yeah. if you're going to blame anyone, you're going to have to blame the residents in respects to what they're doing. But 
um, what normally happens is that green waste uh, in quite a lot of councils are then mixed with food waste to, to then get rid of the food waste. Um, we're also now we're now living in a society where anaerobic digesters are becoming quite a popular subject. So uh, food waste and green waste and anaerobic digesters love food waste because it's putrefaction. That's what creates a gas to create energy. Now, just to make you aware, Agriton are not saying we don't need an, uh, anaerobic digesters because we need electricity. We Obviously, this is more how we're talking now. We're using electricity. But yeah, what we're yeah. forgetting is that at some point we need to, to feed our country. And the way that we need to feed our country is to, to start with the soil. The soil is the most important part. But for soil to work, we have to create life in that soil. So, you know, the, the bits in in between which we forget, you know, the, the you know, the living uh, life in the soil is really important. Now, the problem is with anaerobic digesters is that when you input something and then you output something, the, uh, the you know, there are two outputs. One is electricity and the other is anaerobic digestate. Now, unfortunately, most of the energy is taken up through the, the methane production via gas production to create the turbines to, to to create the electricity so the anaerobic digestate the other side doesn't have as much uh you know nutrient value and and especially minerals and vitamins uh, in respects to kind of the micronutrients that we're looking for in us so if you think about um you know the way that we work as a as a uh, as a system it's really important to think about how we can then uh put that back into the soil and so really simply, when uh, you use your own uh, compost in your own system, you're creating your own microbiome. And, you know, I learned something recently and it, it makes a lot of sense. If you uh, use your own seeds in your own system and you plant your own seeds every year and you propagate those seeds every time, actually the microbes will uh, will be affected by your soil. So when you then replant those uh, those seeds back in your soil, it's like a it's like a uh, like a, a bit of DNA really, but on that soil, so that when that seed is then replanted, it goes. Oh, hold on! Actually, I understand this. This is where I grew before, and actually, then will grow better. Um, so, if you think about it, the same with your compost. If you're creating your own microbiome, you're creating your own a kind of circular loop in respects to that um, um, that protection for your plants as well. So, Martin, fascinating to talk to you again about composting and green green waste and how you can compost that just give us the website for agriton to be able to purchase the products yeah so you can find us on uh, agritondirect.com um if you want to, to purchase our products or you can go to agriton.co.uk um and we're really happy to answer your questions so if you have your own individual needs um we're, we're here to help as well the best gardening experts from around the globe are here help you
Watch our YouTube channel. Search online for World Radio Gardening.